This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. Wash my hands of this weirdness. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is a Monday, June 29th, start of a new week. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm joined by my co-host, Tony Sanfilippo. Uh, Ryan Wink is out in the singularity today, but uh, I believe he'll be back tomorrow. But, Tony, how was your weekend? Uh, It was a great weekend. Good morning, everybody. Um, Hi, Ryan, if you're watching. Miss you, buddy. Um, the weekend was good. Went camping up in uh, Laramie, Wyoming with my sister. Had a blast. Got about a mi- million mosquito bites and a uh, wicked sunburn. So other than that, doing great for a Monday. Uh, I wouldn't be camping without a few mosquito bites and uh, a little bit of sun. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Going to ask you a question as I do each and every day. Um, you know, you've watched enough movies and TV, you know, when it comes to somebody who's money laundering, you know, what would some tactics be that they would take in order to, uh, you know, launder that money and, and uh, you know, move it uh, illegally? Uh, well, seeing a lot of movies, it like you hire an old man and call him a mule and put him in uh, duffel bags. You drive, you just have a good driver that's not going to get pulled over. That's one way. Clint Eastwood movie. Um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, there's uh, <laughs> there's a million of different ways you could do it. Uh, action figures, uh, what do they do? Uh, all kinds of different things. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen Ozark, a great Jason Bateman show, but uh, you know, opening cash rich businesses and and you know, basically go through and um, you know, run it that way. Uh, there's so many ways that people can launder money. Well, all that goes to say that uh, these guys took it maybe a little too literally. Two men have been charged after $250,000 in cash was found in a dishwasher during a raid on alleged drug and gun suppliers. Detectives investigating the supply of drugs and weapons on the NSW Central Coast, that's uh, Australia, I believe, arrested a 34-year-old Wadalba man in a car park on St. John's Road in Jillaby, about 10 a.m. yesterday. That's got to be Australia with a name like Jillaby. Police then spoke... down in Jillaby. Right. <laughs> Police then spoke with a 33-year-old Tungabee man at a hotel on a reservoir road in Arndell Park. During the search of the second man's car, officers allegedly found an amount of MDMA and cocaine as well as $10,000 cash. 
The car was seized and will undergo forensic examination. The man allegedly attempted to resist police before he was arrested and taken into Blacktown Police Station. Two homes in Blacktown and Tungabi Tungabi <laughs> were then raided. Some hard names Tungabi. in here. Tungabi. Yep. Yeah, there's some. So you're Filippoing them right early on a Monday. Right out. I'm glad it's you, not me, right away. Yep, right out of the gate. Police allegedly uncovered more than 2 kilograms of cocaine, two, uh, 12 kilograms of MDMA, and about 2 kilograms of cannabis, ice, and equipment consistent with the supply of prohibited drugs. Detectives also seized a loaded pistol, ammunition, a flick knife, a money-counting machine, mobile phones, and documents. The $250,000 cash was found in a dishwasher at the Blacktown property and was seized. So, uh, yeah, you know, money laundering obviously isn't quite what the name suggests, but again, these guys took it a little too literally. <laughs> first time I think I've heard it uh, hidden in a washing machine. You know, it's the first time. Hey, to be fair, you know, I'd say that's probably one of the last places somebody would look. You know, the other place would be maybe a freezer or I don't know, um, maybe an actual washing machine. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I, I doubt that they ran it through the cycle. I think it was just a, just a hiding spot. Yeah. No one will ever look in that. It's good. Right. <laughs> it amazes me sometimes, uh, you know, how dumb criminals can be. And, you know, while they try to do the best they can, obviously, you know, police will more than likely find what they need to find when they do a search like that. Right. It, it's crazy to think, like... Just how crazy uh, criminals are with uh, trying to get their money across the means of stashing to think that they're not going to get caught, you know, it's, well, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you know, you would hope that they'd have a little more foresight, but if they're criminals, then, you know, they're probably criminals for a reason and not the brightest bulb in the uh, light pack. In the box, or the, or the, or, yeah, or the brightest crayon in the box. Right, sharpest tool in the shed. Yeah, you know, along those. Whatever it might be. All right, folks, let's go ahead and talk about today being a Monday. Briefly, I hate Mondays. Hate them. Therefore, I decree from this day forward, there will be no more Mondays. We've got a wonderful show lined up for you as we do each and every Monday. We've got Put It In Your Mouth Monday, asking Tony if he would sample fast food fare from across the world. We have Expensive Mistakes. Our call-in topic today is the worst movie of a franchise. There are fantastic franchises out there with some standouts that are not as good as the rest. We've got Dad Jokes Unleashed, This Day in History, and up next, Tony is here with the entertainment news. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 775-237-2266. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is a Monday, June 29th. Now, this show is interactive. We love when people chime in, not only on Facebook, but when they give us a call. We've set up a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line called the Phoenix Line. We invite you to call at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO, that's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O, or 855-336-4973. 
and you can leave a message on any topic whatsoever. You can check in, tell us how we're doing, tell us where we may be wrong about something because uh, I have a feeling that that happens quite a bit. But uh, yeah, just give us a call, leave it entertaining, uh, leave it entertaining, keep it entertaining. Wow. Uh, we'll put it together. Leave it entertaining. <laughs> and we'll put it out in a future show. Well, we are to the second segment of the show, and as we do each and every day, Tony is here with the entertainment news. Good morning, everybody. It is Monday, June 29th, and here's what we've got on tap. We have movie musical chairs, female pirates, Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, a new Patriot, Ed Screech. It's all, it's all right. This is the news. Right, we're going to start off first with the Monday Fast Five Filippo Nuggets that don't need to be read, as the headlines just simply tell the tale. The Simpsons will no longer have white actors playing on white characters. Mike Henry will no longer voice Cleveland Brown on Family Guy. Good luck with that character. Uh, Ghostbusters is being re-released to theaters and drive-ins July 1st. Paramount and Spyglass are aiming to release a new Scream film in 2021. Who was excited for that one? Nintendo theme park, Super Nintendo World in Japan, will not open this summer, but 2020 is still hopeful. And that was your Fast Five before we roll into... Movie release dates being shifted again, a.k.a. musical chairs. And the cycle of theatrical release date shuffling continues, Christian, with the Russell Crowe thriller Unhinged detaching itself from its July 10th slot and dropping down to July 31st. The film now joins Tenant. Disney's Mulan also got pushed back this weekend to August 21st, so that's now a month out. Guess what else got pushed back? Um, well, you said Tenet. Mm. Oh, what else is... I don't... Get ready. All right. Bill and Ted face the oh, music. Oh, no. It got pushed back from August 14th. Remember how it moved up last week? I did. Now yeah. I got pushed back to August 28th. You know what that is not? Uh, it is, is not. Excellent! That was most heinous. <laughs> so they're calling it the Island of the Misfit movie release dates. This is just getting crazy. It feels like we're reporting the same thing every two weeks regarding our beloved seven or beloved summer tentpole movies that are supposed to be coming out. So don't be surprised in two weeks from now if we're reporting the same thing again. I, I got to say, man, what's your thoughts on this? It's uh, when I was in Wyoming this last weekend, their movie theaters are open. And they're showing classic films like uh, the one in Laramie. I think uh, I said this on Pop Culture Kaboom last night. They were showing uh, the re the the Beauty and the Beast uh, from 2017, the mm-hmm. live action. Uh, they were showing Jaws, Back to the Future, and uh, what inspired me to watch Old School last night. Old School. So, okay. uh, you know, so they had some old older movies playing. But uh, what's your take on this whole thing? It's well, it, it's tough. It's crazy. When, yeah, when they're playing musical chairs, nobody's going to be able to, you know, plan to go see these movies because, you know, obviously when a movie has an, a release date and there's something you really want to see, you know when it's coming out. And, you know, if you really want to see it, you go the opening weekend. Well, what's the opening weekend? Um, I, and I understand why they're sort of moving things around. But at the same time, movie theaters are now open. You know, a lot of states are requiring face masks, uh, you know, Nevada being one of them. 
you know, just Colorado being another. Yeah, just keep it on that date, and then those who want to go see it, they'll go see it. They'll wear their face masks and and you know just leave it at that. Quit playing the musical chairs. Absolutely. I mean, do your social distancing. Do like you know, don't sell every seat in the house. You know, make sure you're enforcing the the social distancing and separate. You know. I don't know. I, I would love just for the escape, I you know, just some normalcy to this world and movies being a big thing you and I both like to go do. I really wish this would come back. Uh, Jimmy last night on Pop Culture, he had uh, suggested maybe the studio should just release their big films on demand. And then when the theaters are open, re-release them in theaters. So that way, if you liked it good enough to watch it on demand and you're like, damn, I wish I could have seen this on the big screen. Go see it on the big screen. There you go. Um, I told him I didn't feel that way about a movie like Tenet or like an Avengers film or, you know, big movies. But uh, I could get like a Bill and Ted or something I could watch on demand and then go see it again in theaters. Right. Either that or release it in theaters and then a week later put it on premium video on demand. And that way, the people who don't want to risk going to the theaters, you know, they just have to wait an extra week. But those who do want to go to the theaters, let them enjoy it. I love that. That's a great take. Um, Speaking of... Well, it's not, I don't know if it's a great take, but it's an interesting take. Female-fronted Pirates of the Caribbean film is on its way. Arrest me, mateys. Looks like Margot Robbie is ready to sail the seven seas, as everybody's looking for something. As a successor to Johnny Depp's Captain Jack Sparrow in a new Pirates of the Caribbean adventure. While Karen Gillian was rumored to be taking over the female-fronted reboot of the Disney franchise... The newly announced project appears to be an independent of the main franchise. Robbie will reteam with Christina Hodson, who scripted DC's roller coaster of a female-led superhero film, Birds of Prey. Hodson, who has been a hot commodity in Hollywood, having worked on Bumblebee, also working on DC's The Flash, as well as Batgirl and Birds of Prey. Well, while Birds of Prey underwhelmed at box office, clearly the dynamic duo of Robbie and Hodson clicked enough to warrant another blockbuster round together. While plot details are being kept in Brig until further notice, it's being reported by that's I don't know, that was kind of a pun, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's being reported by THR that Robbie and Hodson's new Pirates project is not intended to be a spin-off of Disney's long-running franchise, but rather a whole new project with Robbie at the helm. Okay, so let's get this straight, shall we? Disney's already announced Pirates of the Caribbean reboot is still preparing to set sail with Pirate scribe Ted Elliott and Chernobyl creator Craig Mazin developing the story. Meanwhile, Robbie and Hotsey are teaming on their own take concept inspired of the long attraction at Disneyland. Finally, to make matters even more confusing, if you're still listening, longtime Pirates producer Jerry Bruckheimer is on board to produce both projects. Have we got all this? As I admit, <laughs> it must take me a moment to wrap my Monday brain around all these details. Are you going to set sail with Margot Robbie for another Pirates of the Caribbean adventure? Let us know on the Phoenix line or on the comments below. What do you think? Ooh, it's, you know, I have nothing against a female-fronted Pirates movie. I think that the uh, um, Johnny Depp ones started getting a little long in the tooth there by the end. You know, as long as it has the same spirit and the same fun as the original movies, by all means, but don't confuse it with... You know, another sequel to the original series, and then this one's a standalone. You know, just make this one a continuation of the others and, uh, you know, keep the same fun that the originals were. 
Yeah, learn from Joker because that whole DC mess, <laughs> Joaquin Joker is different from the DCU Joker. Yeah, it just gets confusing. It's a mess. Okay. Yep. So, speaking of a mess, or could be really cool, Ash versus Frankenstein versus Freddy versus Jason for the World Scaryweight Championship. <laughs> this sounds awesome. So, it seems. The cult 2009 horror comedy My Name is Bruce, starring the one and only Bruce Campbell, is getting a belated sequel called Bruce versus Frankenstein. Not only that, but apparently Campbell wants to be a, be sort of an expendables for older horror stars, such as he's trying to recruit Nightmare on Elm Street's Robert England and Friday the 13th's Kane Hodder. Here's what he had to say about this project, uh, promoting his upcoming book, The Cool Side of My Pillow. With Bruce versus Frankenstein, I talked to Mike Richardson, who is my partner on this. We're going to start a graphic novel. So I'm going to adapt the screenplay. We're going to put that out first so people in the industry can get a better sense of it. Mike has been selling a lot of projects to Netflix, and he said that's kind of the way to go with this material and fantasy stuff. So he suggested we do that first. We'll get a great artist, sell it in comic book form. People can totally see it. And as a director, it's kind of like doing storyboards. It's a tremendous amount of extra prep that can do by going through it because actually I have to think about pages, panels, descriptions. It's a format that's not my normal format, screenplay format. I can fart. I got I got that down. This is different from the way it looks on page. So it'll be interesting translation progress. I want to get so many horror movie stars that people can't possibly not want to see this movie. I want to give them other stuff to do too. I want to have Kane Hodder be very particular about what he eats. I want Robert England to be a tough guy like he knows Taekwondo or something. I want to find out the hidden sides of all these people. Some will play themselves. Some will play alternate characters as well. I may approach Kane Hodder to play Frankenstein. He could be Kane Hodder fighting himself, himself as Frankenstein. It could be crazy. Sounds cool to me. We, if we can't get an official Ash versus Freddy versus Jason movie, this might be the next best thing. There is no current official start or release date for Bruce versus Frankenstein, but you can see Bruce on Netflix's animated Last Kids on Earth, which is he is producing along with his friend Sam Raimi. So kind of a cool uh, little deal there. Yeah, you know, Robert England is always down for a reappearance as Freddy Krueger, so... You know, I, I don't doubt we would see him there. My question is, you know, if if you have him doing Taekwondo and, you know, Jason particular about what he eats, I don't know how well that would play, but hey, you know, don't judge it till you try it. Exactly. And it looks like we have time for one more story, so Screech will have to hold for another day because that was filler. <laughs> but Cam Newton signs a one-year deal with the New England Patriots to compete for top QB spot. You watch my camera, competes. <laughs> Sign him for that. Cam Newton is getting a new lease on football life for at least one season anyway because the New England Patriots have signed the veteran quarterback to a deal. The ex-Carolina Panthers stud who took his team to the Super Bowl in 2015 only to lose to our Denver Broncos, uh, which is said to be incentive-based, so not a whole lot of money up front. Definitely a ton of opportunity, though, for the former starter especially if he performs well. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport says the contract is worth up to $7.5 million if he hits all his bonuses. Cam will presumably get decent playing time and the chance to become the first string QB for the Pats, seeing how they got a relatively new guy in Jared Stidham in that spot right now. He'll beat him out. Probably. This, of course, after Tom left the team, 
this past season head to Tampa. So long story short, the top spot is kind of up for grabs in New England. If Cam proves he's capable of performing again at a high level, he's going to get a lot of movie or a lot of money. And he's in great shape. So, you know, good move for the Patriots. They definitely needed something in that position going into the new season. But uh, time will tell how well that'll play out. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we get a season that we can actually watch it. So, Absolutely. 75 days from today, ladies and gentlemen. Woo-hoo. 75 days. Right but, on. Speaking of days, let's get into birthdays. It's my birthday. All right. There wasn't a whole lot of birthdays today, so I combined the best of yesterday and today and made it one big birthday sandwich. So leading off that pack, one of my heroes, Mr. John Elway, Denver Bronco quarterback and legend and current GM is 60. Still got them big teeth, but we like you, Johnny boy. Elon Musk is 49. Kawhi Leonard is 29. He's a basketball player, and today's his legit birthday. Gary Busey is 75. It's his birthday today. And Colin Jost, 37, Saturday Night Live. That's it. That was your birthdays. Magical, wonderful. That's it. It's all good. All right, folks. So when we come back, we've got Put It In Your Mouth Monday, where we... uh. Go across the world to find out if Tony would enjoy some uh, fast food fare from different parts of the world. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775-827-8900, extension 2. Now, back to the show. And we are back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is a Monday, June 29th. Now, many of you watch us on social media, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, um, or you can catch us in rebroadcast every evening on the AUN TV network, three, uh, 13, wow, 13 television stations all across Northern California and Northern Nevada. So uh, we're a morning show on the radio. We are a uh, late show on TV. Um, can't, can't get any better than that. Now, if you want to get a hold of us on social media, you can. I'm available at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K. Phoenix with an F. Radio, of course, with an R. Or on Instagram at Christian Phoenix. Tony is available at facebook.com forward slash Tony dot Sanfilippo. That's S-A-N-F-I-L-I-P-P-O dot nine four. Or on Instagram at Tony dot Sanfilippo 81. And Ryan, who is not with us today, hopefully back tomorrow at facebook.com forward slash Ryan dot wink or on Instagram at names wink. Now it is a Monday. And as we do each and every Monday, I ask my co-hosts or in this case, Tony, about some fast food fare from across the world and aptly would you put it in your mouth? Get in my belly! So let's go ahead and start with Dunkin' Donuts, or just Dunkin', as they're now known in Thailand, with a food that they call Kai Young. Another Dunkin' offering that toes the line between sweet and savory to suit regional tastes is Thailand's Kai Young, a triangle-shaped glazed donut topped with dried shredded chicken and a drizzle of spicy Thai chili paste. 
Another option more palatable to Western tastes is the Fruity Paradise, a colorful glazed pastry topped with cherries, kiwi, pineapple, whipped cream, and toasted almonds. But we're not talking about the Fruity Paradise, as we know Tony might love. We're talking about the Kai Young, the triangle-shaped glazed donut topped with shredded chicken and drizzle of spicy Thai chili paste. Tony, would you put it in your mouth? Oof. That one's tough because I do like I do like the uh, stuff on top of it. Uh, however, on a donut, I gotta go. How about no? I gotta say no, and the only reason why is it, it, this kind of goes back to I like my donuts like sweet and savory. I don't need like chicken, bacon. I don't need any of the meaty stuff on that. I just if I just want a sweet sugary treat, that's you know that's about it on there. I don't need all the extra. Right. Stuff, so. Yeah. Side by side, they'd probably work well together. You know, but yeah. Yeah. Like it doesn't. Mm. It doesn't sound disgusting. So that's not why I would say no. I just have to justify it that way. Okay. All right. Fair enough. But I will. I will say that Mr. Uh, Invincible Tummy Tom, Mr. Ryan the Pun Master Wink, I think he'd say yay. I think, I think so he too. Would do it. Yummy. All right, let's move on to McDonald's in Canada, one of my favorite Canadian treats. We're talking poutine. Yes, poutine is a well-known Canadian dish consisting of French fries topped with gravy and melted cheese curds. So naturally, McDonald's stores in Canada have come up with their own version. For curious Americans who want to try this dish without crossing the border, try the McDonald's at the corporate headquarters in Chicago, where international menu items are made available on rotating schedules. I didn't know that. Mm, Tony, that's cool. we're talking poutine, which is French fries covered in gravy and melted cheese curds. Would you put it in your mouth? Woo! Yes, sir, I would. I, I, I find nothing wrong with this dish. French fries, yummy. Gravy, yummy. Cheese curds, yummy. Why yeah. not? It it just sounds good. This is this is one Ryan definitely would not say no to. So. Get in my belly! I think we're on the same page there. It actually sounds quite delicious. I agree. I agree. I would like to try it, but I'm not going to Chicago or Canada to try it. At least, uh, <laughs> no, not going out of my way. Yeah, no. It just happens to be if you were in Chicago, you happen to ironically just been like, you know what? Here's the McDonald's corporate building. Let's see what international food they're serving today. (laughs) Well, while you're there, or while you're in Canada, you can stay at the McDonald's in Canada and pick up the McLobster. The other major novelty you'll find on Canadian McDonald's menus is this Atlantic lobster roll with an all-too-predictable name, served only in certain locations during summer as availability dictates. Luckily for residents of New England, This one isn't entirely limited to outside the U.S., but also makes the occasional appearance at locations in Maine. Tony, the McLobster is something you put in your mouth. How about no? No, the reason why I would say no to this is the whole fast food fish thing. No, I'm not a huge fish guy in general. Now, I do like lobster. I like shrimp. I like things of that nature. But if I'm going to go eat that, I'm going to go to a legit seafood restaurant, not a McDonald's. So... Yeah, that's, that's a no for me. You know, they've got, you know, the the fried fish, fried cod. That's one thing. But when you're talking about sort of a fresh fish or fresh seafood that's then made at a fast food place, that's always a little bit of a scary proposition. Yes. Scary proposition so much that our buddy Ryan, I think, would eat it. I don't know how much he'd like it, but I think Ryan Wink would put it in his mouth. 
Yummy. <laughs> it's always weird speaking for Ryan. I just know he he likes to try a lot of stuff. He's, as you know, the adventurous one of the show. He is. He's the world traveler. He's tried many fairs, you know, food fair from around the world, and uh, most of the time he would. All right, let's stick with the seafood, but this time we're going to Subway in Japan, where they have the shrimp and broccoli sandwich. It's rare that you'd see either shrimp or broccoli featured in an American sandwich, but Subway incorporates both of these popular ingredients into a single meal for the lo- uh, their locations in Japan. Apparently, the shellfish are a popular choice, too, as Subways have also offered a luxury shrimp sandwich stuffed with them, as well as some added protein in the form of bacon. Tony, shrimp and broccoli sandwich from Subway in Japan, would you put it in your mouth? How about no? Heck no. Reason being, Subway's disgusting. It smells like dirty feet when you go in there, and there's no way. If I got, like, a bad stomach ache from eating regular chicken from there, I hell am not putting any seafood in my belly from that place. No, no. Um, Remember when... See, uh, not seafood. Subway had to change their uh, bread recipe because they found some ingredient in there that was equivalent to the polymer that uh, yoga mats are made of. Oh, no, I didn't hear that, but that doesn't surprise me, unfortunately. Yeah, I want to say that was four or five years ago, but uh, I've never been a big Subway fan. I feel that their meat to bread ratio is completely off. Um, so I'd be out on that yeah. one. Now, as uh, our buddy Ryan is concerned, do you think that's something he'd put in his mouth? I don't think willingly, like he wouldn't go out of his way to go try it. But if it was presented upon him, he, of course, would just to keep that street going. He would get in my belly. Okay, fair. I don't know how he would feel the next day. But uh, (laughs) yeah, he I think he would definitely do it. So. All right. Well, let's head to Malaysia, back to McDonald's, where they have the Boober I.M. McD. One of the staple the Boober. B-U-B-U-R. That's what it is. One of the staple non-burger dishes at Malaysia McDonald's is the version of a national specialty Boober Iam, a white porridge with chicken, ginger, and diced chilies in the mix. A similar stew called Singaporeage <laughs> also features prominently on the Singaporean menus, but we're talking about the Boober I.M. McD. White porridge with chicken, ginger, and diced chilies in the mix. Tony, would you put it in your mouth? How about no? Just sounds like diarrhea waiting to happen. Hell no. I'm good. <laughs> doesn't sound it doesn't even sound appealing. No, no. <sighs> yeah, and just going to McDonald's and getting McDonald's. Yeah, ugh. Getting a porridge from McDonald's. Yeah. Can you supersize that for me, please? <laughs> I want to sit on the royal throne for like three hours like harry from dumb and dumber yeah like, no, yeah no thanks so, dude no thanks no. now when it comes <laughs> to ryan is that something you think he would put in his mouth oh, yeah, absolutely curry porridge diced chilies might be up his alley i don't know Yummy. <laughs> hey and depending on how it is it might be out his alley too yeah yeah might a- be a good cleanse you know but yeah i'm not I'm not going out of my way to try that. Exactly. Well, folks, that does it for another installment of Put It In Your Mouth Monday. Join us every Monday as we explore food from around the world. When we come back, we have expensive mistakes. Have you made any? Don't go anywhere. We'll see you in a few.
Unable to listen to the whole show? A recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now back to the show. Now back to the show. Indeed, this is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is a Monday, June 29th. Now, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, easy enough to do so. Head on over to americamatters.us, click on the shows and podcast link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show, and you can get all of the video and audio you need there. Or head over to wherever you get podcasts. That's Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, so many more. I believe uh, 20 in all. While you're there, be sure to subscribe so that way you always have the latest episode Leave a review, let us know what you think, and as always, tell your friends, because as we know, sharing is caring. Now in this segment, wanted to talk about expensive mistakes. Tony, you work for a big warehouse-type company, and I would assume you've seen your share of uh, really expensive mistakes. Any come off the top of your head? Yeah, I- I see <laughs> all the time. I don't know if they're mistakes, but I see a lot of people, they'll they'll spend a lot of money on uh, Traeger grills and then bring them back when they realize they spent too much money on them. Um, or a lot of people think they're going to be like barbecue grills and then they're not because they're actually smokers. <laughs> so you see those back. So that's, that's probably one big thing. Um, but like when it comes to really expensive mistakes, uh, didn't, you know, didn't you have somebody on a forklift who took out an entire pallet of uh, wine? Uh, yeah, we had that happen before, yeah. <laughs> I'd say so that would count happened. as an expensive mistake. Yeah, I've seen that happen before, yes. yeah, I, That was not me, thank God. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, in my previous life, I mentioned I worked in the um, car business, worked for Mercedes-Benz for a number of years, and at uh, one of the places uh, had a general manager who... We got in on trade a Lamborghini Diablo. I mean, talk about an expensive car. And uh, he was showing off. You know, we have this big open road, and he was getting ready to peel out and uh, basically was revving the engine, threw it into gear, dumped the transmission, and uh, basically destroyed the entire transmission of this you know, $300,000 car. That was an expensive mistake. But uh, found a list of other expensive mistakes uh, that'll make you feel a little bit better that if you have to, uh, you know, maybe you go to the grocery store and you drop something, you won't feel so bad. First one being, and there's pictures that I'll post up on Facebook uh, with the story, says, no matter how much you screw up, you'll never ever have to tell your boss, sir, I toppled that $290 million NOAAN Prime Satellite right onto the shop floor. And there's a picture of a satellite that's just fallen over. It's hit some bookcases. I'd hate to have to tell somebody about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that that would be bad. Yeah. Very bad, yeah. The price is wrong. All right. Here's <laughs> here's one where uh you know, it's titled "When You Forget You Parked on Top of the Self-Hiding Garage," and it's one of those fancy uh, um, places where you know it has a garage that then falls into the ground. Well, somebody parked on one. They tried to move it up, and it just got crushed by the balcony overhead. And uh, oh, yeah, it's it, it does not look good. Ugh. 
could you imagine you're out on a date night, you have this really nice ride and you yourself, you know, you pay for valet and it parks there and oh, what a what a crappy way to end your evening, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but Ooh. my guess is that if you can afford a self-hiding garage, you can probably afford a new car. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But still quite sad. <laughs> Here's something that costs us taxpayers money when you uh, when the fire suppression foam is accidentally released and it is a hangar of a bunch of fighter jets that are covered in just a sea of foam. All you see are the tail, you know, wings hanging out. And, uh, oh, I can only imagine what that would cost to fix. Oh, what a nightmare. <laughs> uh, and like I said, that's that taxpayer money. So we're the ones paying for it. Yeah. Yeah. I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. Wow. <laughs> that would be just terrible. Yeah. You know, this next one is something that you see, you know, when people are tailgating and depending on who they're tailgating, if they stop short, then, you know, there's there's bad and then there's really bad. And in this case, it looks like a Corvette, Corvette, wow, a Corvette was tailgating a Clark County, so just south of us, a school bus. And so the school bus, you know, has a little bit of a higher rear bumper. The Corvette has a sloped bumper, and most of the Corvette ended up getting wedged underneath the back of the bus. Oh. And again. Well, that's what he gets for uh, riding too close. But, yeah, that's a expensive mistake. It is. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. <laughs> Ooh, here's one that happened in America's Penis, Florida. Looks like there was a crane that was working outside of a Florida home, maybe you know, moving a, a pool or a spa into the back. Well, got a little top-heavy, and uh, all I can say is that the crane essentially bifurcated the home. So it fell, split the house completely in half. Oh, well, that'll leave a mark. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Could you imagine being, did, being in the home when that happened? No, that'd be terrible. You're like sitting there taking a dump. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that scene in Jurassic Park when that guy's hiding on the toilet. <laughs> when they were roaming through. Oh, aye, aye, aye. God, that would be terrifying. And yeah, then, scare the crap out of <laughs> I was waiting for the pun. Yes. Apologize, I jumped all over that. But yeah. That I would, like it. That not be so good. All right, here's one that probably also happened in Florida. Um, You know, there's a lot of people who drive their cars out on the beach thinking nothing really of it. Well, it looks like this Mercedes-Benz owner may have driven a little too close to the shoreline, and the car is almost halfway sunk down into the sand, and there's a bunch of people who are trying to lift it out like that's going to do any good. Now, A, you're an idiot for even thinking to take your Mercedes-Benz out on the beach. Is not made for that. It's an expensive car. It's nice. It's meant to be driven on a road, not the sand, you moron. Right. That's probably definitely a Florida thing. I wouldn't doubt it, but uh, I still chuckle at the people who think that they're going to... Have you ever gotten your foot stuck in the sand? It's hard enough to get it out yourself. Oh, yeah. Trying to get a you know a one-ton SUV out with that suction, just not going to happen. No. Nope. Not made for that. <laughs> oh, this next one is uh, every 
person's nightmare, especially with as addicted to the internet as we are. Basically shows a guy who had, uh, you know, one of those heavy-duty augers, the drills that go into the ground. Probably didn't call 811 before he started drilling and uh, pulled it back out with a just tangle of uh, internet cables and wiring all caught up in the auger. And uh, the caption is aptly named, Your internet access will be restored between January and December 2020. Oh, man, that dude's definitely getting some serious trouble, especially if he didn't call before you dig. Yep. Come on. There's a lot of PSAs about that, dude. Call before you dig. <laughs> we even have a new one we've started playing here. <laughs> Speaking of Internet, there is a uh, server rack showing that had fallen over with a bunch of uh, hard drives just spilled all over the place. And again, very, very well um quoted or captioned says don't forget to tip your server and uh oh i like that well well played on the prepon there yeah in fact i'm gonna give them a give them an applause on that i picture uh i picture because we have a server room at work and uh, i couldn't imagine if those fell over and they all fell out i mean the cables i couldn't tell you where they held what a nightmare they all go to they all have a purpose but so many wires and so many servers. It's yeah. Well, think that of all of the data that's on there. You know, hopefully Ooh. there's nothing important or passwords or you know something that operates a business. But uh, yeah, you know, one little mistake like that can shut somebody down for a long time. Oh yeah, that would uh, I can tell you that would definitely put a hurt on us. So yeah, we <laughs> definitely don't want that. Yeah. So here's one that goes back to uh, more taxpayer dollars at work. A technician accidentally fires the Vulcan cannon and obliterates an F-16 that's sitting on a runway. <laughs> and if you look at this F-16, it is just charred to bits. And oh. And I thought my Thursday night was a bad night. Talk about a bad day at the office. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh. Whoa. I mean, billions of dollars there just down the drain. Oh, that's too much. <laughs> oh, earlier we were talking about uh, money laundering and things that, you know, people do to hide their money. Well, apparently some money, you know, ours is made out of like cotton fibers. Well, Canadian money must have a little bit of plastic in it because $5,000 Canadian after someone using the microwave to disinfect it. Basically, if you had a stack of $5,000 it just shriveled up into nothing. Wow. It looks like shrinky dinks. Yowie, wowie. Yeah. Well, what kind of idiot would do that? Uh, this money is very dirty, but I'm going to put it inside the microwave. Uh, we're going to disinfect the germs. Oh, God, there it goes. It's all gone. <laughs> oh, Julie's going to kill me. Oh. Like, that's a Darwin Award. Like, if we still did the Darwins, good Lord. That's Goodbye. would be. <laughs> and then finally, as we head into our long break, every insurance company's nightmare looks like a Ferrari rally where three Ferraris had all hit each other and are just total. So uh, I'll be posting those on our Facebook page. Folks, we are headed into the long break. We'll be back in about seven minutes with our call-in topic, the worst movie of a franchise. We'll see you guys in a few.
it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is a Monday, June 29th. Hopefully you enjoyed the long break, had a chance to run to the restroom, grab something to eat, or just enjoyed the news. Tony, it being Monday, how are you holding up? Holding up well. Um, hour two, ready to roll. Just had a great interview conversation with my nephew during the break. That was a good time. Um, asked him 50 million questions. Poor kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he's, you know, he's been playing video games this morning, so his mind is halfway into his quest and his adventure there. The other, obviously, talking to his Uncle Tone. Yeah, but uh, holding up well, how are you doing, Chris? I Good. Know we, we never really ask you that back, do we? <laughs> we always ask Ryan and I. We tell you how we're doing. But I don't think we ask you. So as long as you're holding out good, too. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Still, still sheer, steering the ship here. Yeah, yeah. You know, and obviously, anytime you're up early to do a morning radio show, you know, you got your good days and you got your bad days. But today is just, you know, middle of the course. It's Not too tired, but, but I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, that's good. Always good, man. <laughs> but uh, this is the portion of the show where we throw out a topic, we talk a little bit about it, and then at the end of the segment, we invite you guys, the listeners, the viewers, the watchers, to call in at 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Toll free from anywhere in the world. So if you are at a McDonald's in Canada, enjoying a poutine, and want to call in on the topic, guess what? You can do so. It's on our dime. Again, 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255 at the end of the segment. Speaking of segments, the call-in topic today is, what is the worst movie of a popular franchise? Obviously, there are a number of franchises out there that have spawned multiple, multiple iterations of a movie. But at the same time, there's always one that's sort of a standout for being the worst. Um, Tony, have you given any thought to what your pick would be? Yeah, I'm going to actually surprise you with this one. Um, as you know, Back to the Future, my favorite movie. Love it. Love the trilogy. But I have to say Back to the Future 3 is my least least favorite of the three. Like, it's not a bad movie, but to me, it is not the best in the trilogy. Like, it's the one I could skip. Like, I could watch one and two over and over, but part three is not typically one I like. Again, not awful, but wasn't my favorite. That's fair enough. Uh, and it's funny because they filmed two and three back to back, knowing that it would be, you know, a trilogy. So you thought you would think it would hold some of the same charm. But uh, I think by going so far back into the West, you know, maybe it throws it off a little bit. Now, with that being said, even the worst movie of that trilogy is better than the best movie of some. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now I can think of 
you know, other ones, of course, I know since Ryan's not here, um, I could tell you the original Spider-Man trilogy with Sam Raimi, uh, the third one, uh, which should have been probably the coolest one because it introduced Venom. Mm -hmm. Um, But that one suffered the old Batman uh, problems where it had way too many villains. And that one just sucked. Emo, emo, Toby Maguire, right. Peter or emo, Peter Parker. That one was just complete crap. The third Spider-Man in that trilogy, terrible. Well, and that's, so. that's the result of the studio stepping in and putting their undue influence on a director. And uh, Sam Raimi has said many times that, uh, you know, they just tried to cram too many things in at the behest of the studio. And obviously you see how that worked out. Not good at all. Uh, not good at all. For me, I think it would be, you know, obviously we've got the Fast and Furious franchise, which is up to the ninth movie about to come out, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. And uh, it went through a little bit of a slump at a point, and then they rebranded it again, and then it came out stronger than ever. But I think the second one, Tokyo Drift, was just awful compared to everything else that came out of that franchise. Oof, yeah, Tokyo Drift was definitely the one of the Fast and the Furious movies that I just didn't didn't really care for. I mean, the problem that suffered with is you took all the characters you knew and loved because you had like the first one where you where you had a story with the characters, and then the next one was just Paul Walker and uh, gosh, I'm blanking on uh, his partner's name, but was in the rest of them. Uh, Tyrese Gibson. Mm-hmm. They had him in that one. And then you had Tokyo Drift that was nobody. It right. didn't have Paul Walker, didn't have Vin Diesel. Well, until the end, Vin Diesel showed up like in the post credit. But other than that, you know, if you take out the elements, um, <laughs> it's kind of like uh, Halloween, right? You go yes. to Halloween, Halloween three season of the witch had nothing to do with Michael Myers, but Michael Myers was the focus of Halloween one and two. Then you go through, and then you go back into four and five, and he's back. It just, you can't do it. It just messes it up. Yeah, yeah. They took a departure. Luckily, in those cases, it wasn't enough to kill the franchise that they were able to come back with something a little bit stronger on the next outing, and people can sort of just forget about that little blip on the radar. Yeah, right, right. And it tends to be like I think our 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 uh, the themes in all those so far have been the third ones, right? The yeah, the three. The three in the movies, usually the tough one. Sometimes the third one is the best one in the act, but not always. Yeah, I mean, case in point, I think uh, John Wick 3 was probably better than the second one. Mm-hmm. That's a franchise that just gets better and better. Yeah, yeah. Well, folks, it is that time we are opening the phone lines to you. Give us a call right now, 844-790-TALK, 844-790-8255. We are talking about the worst movie in a great franchise. Give us your pick. Tell us what you think. And don't be shy. You know, we are here to have fun, and uh, we do that each and every day. So when we come back, we open the phone lines to you. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll see you in a few. To join the conversation, call 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Now, back to the show. And welcome back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is a Monday, June 29th. 
apparently, if you can hear that in the background, it sounds like a vacuum or something very loud is around. So I, I apologize for that. Uh, obviously, that's not planned, and we're in a public space where you can't always account for everything. But we are in the portion of the show where we open it up to you guys, the callers, 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. And we are talking worst movies of a great franchise. There's so many to choose from, so don't be shy. Dial up that phone number now. And, uh, hey, if we can do it, you can do it. We know it's a Monday. We know it's early. But, uh, you know, we know there are people listening, so do it. Yes. <laughs> do it. You've got mail. <laughs> So we are talking uh, worst movies of a great franchise now. One I wanted to throw out to you as a question tone is Nightmare on Elm Street. We are both huge Nightmare on Elm Street fans. We were talking Freddy Krueger a little bit earlier in the entertainment news. What would be your pick for the worst movie of that franchise? Uh, and not the remake. I would, yeah, if you don't include the remake, it would be The Dream Child, number five. Oh, actually, I don't know. Let me... because. <laughs> Cause part two was really bad. Like, like two, like when I was a kid freaked me out a bit Mm -hmm. because the whole opening scene on the school bus. But if you go back and watch that one, that one's really bad. Uh, I'll stick with number five. I, cause number five was my least memorable one. It was just him having a kid and it was just, yeah, I'd say I'd have to say five. Okay. For me, it was actually Freddie's dead. Um, you know what it was supposed to be the closeout of the franchise and you know they go back to the town where it all took place and there's no children and the parents are crazy and then you got those cheesy stop motion little sperm creatures that created freddy and for me yeah. that was that was it <laughs> okay i forgot that one was really bad too that was super campy yeah it was that was more of a comedy than it was scary like I remember seeing that one. It was in 3D and those little sperm thing. The dream warriors. Woo! <laughs> yeah. You know, they could have made that one super scary. And the tagline was bogus. It said, we saved the best for last. No, you didn't. Um, well, you know what? That one was pretty bad. I'd have to say two, five and Freddy's dead were the worst ones. Cause three was the best. I thought Oh, three like, was awesome. Okay. Off air, we were discussing threes. I couldn't think of a third one in the trilogy that's usually good, but uh, Dream Warriors was fantastic. That was great. Uh, Then, um, I want to say it was about 10 years after Freddy's Dead, Wes Craven came back with uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which was legit scary again. Yeah, yeah, that was great. I liked it. Uh, Then I liked Freddy versus Jason. That was Mm -hmm. pretty entertaining for what it was, and... uh, didn't like the reboot a whole lot, though. No, no. Reboot was pretty bad. Now, speaking of classic horror movies, uh, Jaws is undeniably scary. I mean, it is the reason many people don't go into the water. But it is known to have suffered from the franchise slump, especially with Jaws 4, called Jaws the Revenge, where the shark essentially goes after Roy, Schneider, uh, Roy Scheider's family uh, in a revenge plot, as if sharks can plot revenge. Yeah. It just well, it was kind of weird. Like, that family had the worst luck with, with great white sharks, because... Brody had to deal with it in Jaws 1, Jaws 2, and then his family had to deal with it in Jaws the Revenge. The worst one of the franchise there was the third one. Jaws 3D like took place <laughs> in a SeaWorld park like with Dennis Quaid was the main actor That's in it. That's right. Um, 
Leah Thompson was actually in there too. She got eaten by Jaws in that movie. <laughs> Lorraine Baines, like that Jaws three was terrible. There Awful. was there was one legit Awful. scary part in that was uh, when you know the tunnels that were under the water, and the sharks started ramming it and trying to get into the tunnel. That was yeah. pretty scary, but the rest of it was pretty terrible. Yeah, and I didn't hate Jaws the Revenge. I actually used to like that as a kid. The premise of the movie was very stupid, though. <laughs> yeah. And folks, we, again, are talking worst movies of a great franchise. We do want to hear from you. 844-790-TALK, 844-790-8255. Now, we were talking earlier about uh, sort of a reboot of Pirates movie, of Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean with Margot Robbie, but there is one of the films that did not feature either uh, Kira Knightley or Orlando Bloom, which I would say was definitely the worst of the bunch. I want to say it was the fourth one. It was the fourth one. Was it uh, Dead Man? Tell No Tales? Tell No Tales, yeah. I think that's what which one that was. It was, the, it was definitely the fourth one. And I think that was due to contract disputes or whatever it was because they came back for the fifth one, uh, which was, again, kind of par on course for the rest of the franchise is being pretty good but uh yeah. yeah fourth one not so good no the fourth one was pretty bad they should have stopped at three i feel i think three was plenty good with that yeah yeah i agree and then you know now that they're looking at moving on go ahead and move on but keep that fun all yeah. right going back to horror movies tony uh were you a fan of the saw movies i like the first one it was original at the time. I mean, it was uh, the premise of it was nuts, like having to play a game to save your life. I mean, obviously, it spawned a lot of copycat movies or spinoff movies that were similar. I kind of went into the whole torture, uh, tor tor torture, torture, torture porn movie genre. So I, I didn't really follow the rest of them, although uh, the spiral spinoff looked pretty cool. It does. Yeah. Uh, now, Saw, for me, I, I again, I love the horror franchise, but uh, the odd thing about this one is the odd number ones were fantastic, while the even number ones were just sort of so-so. Yeah, they, got, they were getting ridiculous. It was just, how many times can we play games? They killed Jigsaw off. I mean, he, he became essentially like a Freddy and a Jason. Like, how many times can he kill this dude off and he keeps coming back? Right. And, yeah. So... I mean, he's still around. He's he's on Tiger King, man. He wears Affliction shirts. <laughs> <laughs> that was his real life inspiration. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right. Here's a franchise that I know you love, Tony. The Karate Kid. First one was Ooh. great. Second one was really good. Third one was not so much. Nah, it was one of those like that went a little long. Like, how long can you be the Karate Kid? Like, it you pretty much told the story in one. Obviously, they stretched it out. Like I feel like uh, their story was good with just the one movie. However, I like uh, that they've gone on and done Cobra Kai, the TV show, and shown it from Johnny's perspective. I said this, uh, I think, last week mm -hmm. uh, in the entertainment news with that going to Netflix. I think the Cobra Kai series is great because it's more along the, the, along the lines of uh, the first one. So I really like that. But... Uh, as far as the sequels go, I wasn't a big fan of the sequels. Yeah, yeah. I like I said, I like the second one where he went to Japan, and uh, that was pretty cool. But the third one that had what was it, Hillary Swank? No, that was the fourth one. Was that the fourth that one? Was, 
Yeah, I don't actually don't remember what the Karate Kid three was all about. I don't to be either. honest with you, <laughs> but it's gonna come to Netflix so we can watch it then. But no, they did three with Ralph Macchio and Pat Morita. Then they did the next Karate Kid with Hilary Swank and Pat Morita. That was four, mm-hmm. and then they rebooted it with Jaden Smith as just the Karate Kid. Right. And I heard that one was good. I didn't watch that one. Before. I didn't see that one either. And then it had uh, Jackie, Jackie Chan, Chan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, in that role. Yeah. Didn't watch that one. Yeah, me neither. Folks, there's still time for you guys to chime in. We've got about three minutes left in the segment. Give us a call with your pick for the worst movie in a great franchise, 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Now, here's another one in the horror movie franchise scene. That uh, first one was great for what it was, and then everything after it was terrible. And I was actually the... um, uh, supervisor for a movie theater when this came out. I'm talking the Blair Witch Project. And I remember uh, bathrooms had to be cleaned often because people got uh, quite motion sick. And uh, when it originally came out, people were like, oh my God, this is real. It's found footage. And it spawned a number of found footage uh, type of spinoffs. But again, for what it was, great. The sequels, which were more of traditional type movies, not so much. Yeah, I agree. The first one was cool for what it was at the time. Doesn't hold up at all. It's one of those movies you watch once and you're like, oh, okay, I've seen it. Uh, You don't really need to see it again. Uh, Everything else after that, terrible. Kind of reminds me of, uh, and I don't want to get too far ahead if it is on the list, but like the Paranormal Activity movies. So, (laughs) you know. And it is on the list, but I don't think we'll have time for it. So uh, Perfect. But that is a good those, Those were like, the first one was cool. It was creepy enough where it got you to the theater to see it, but it was the same crap over and over and over, you know? Was, yeah, they were pulling from the over. same well, and, you know, by that point, audiences are wise to it, and, you know, why bother? Yeah. All right, and then, uh, yeah, before we head to the break, unfortunately, nobody called to chime in. Hopefully, we'll get a few Ooh. calls on the Phoenix line. We're Too talk- early. It's a Monday. No one wanted to call. I know. I know. We got watchers, though, so we appreciate you guys watching, so that's good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Watchers, listeners, it's just, you know, sometimes it's a little scary to pick up the phone. We understand that, but we, uh, we love when people chime in. But before we head to the break, I want to leave you with this thought. What was the worst of the Matrix franchise? Probably part three. Um... I don't, you know, the first one was wonderful. Uh, mm. The second one was okay, kind of a letdown. Uh, I'd have to say the third one. Yeah, the third one for me wasn't the best. Obviously, they're working on a fourth one, but at the same time, I noticed that uh, the worlds that they take place, you know, the first one was a good mix of the Matrix and the real world. The second one was almost solely inside the Matrix, whereas the third one was almost solely outside of the Matrix in the quote-unquote real world. Didn't care for the third one all that much, but uh, hopefully the fourth one will uh, pick up and and be the great movie we all hope it will be. And folks, that does it for our call-in topic for today. Stick with us when we come back. We've got Dad Jokes Unleashed. We'll see you in a few. Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 
2266. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is a Monday, June 29th. Now, we have set up a 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line where you guys, the listeners, can call in, leave a message on any topic. You don't have to speak with a live person. Hey, maybe you want to pitch in on our call-in topic from uh, the last couple segments, which is uh, the worst movies in a great franchise. We always love to know what you think. But you can do that at the Phoenix line, and that number is 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973 for the alphanumeric impaired. Keep it entertaining. We will put those together and put them out on a future show. Now, in this segment, uh, I've titled it Dad Jokes Unleashed, and it sparks from a gentleman named Tom Shrubin, who lives in Kensington, Maryland, a suburb of Washington, D.C., with his wife, Anne, and their youngest daughter, Darcy. Now, he's 62 years old and does consulting on environmental engineering, and he's also the symbol of his neighborhood. You see, when the pandemic hit, like with most of the country, the burden of threat and uncertainty loomed over Tom and his neighbors as well. So to give everyone a break from their worries, Tom started putting up a whiteboard in front of his uh, family house every morning with a new dad joke. And the fun little initiative was just what people, including Tom himself, needed. Its effects, however, turned out to be anything but little. And so I'm going to go through the uh, dad jokes that he put out there. And Tony, just tell me, are they uh, drum worthy or are they cricket worthy? Let's go ahead and start out with the first one. Where do you take someone who has had a peekaboo accident? The answer to the ICU. Mm. Crickets. <laughs> yeah, that might that might be cute for the little kids, but the, you know, and I'm trying to think like a kid on that one. So yeah, they are dad yeah. jokes, so you know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Here's here's a smart one that you have to think about a little bit. Says, I was going to tell you a time travel joke, but you didn't like it. <laughs> hey, I, I, it kind of just went over my head as an adult. So, it, you know, it's it's a back to the future type joke where I'm going to tell you about time travel, but he traveled forward in time. You didn't care for it. In any case, it's a it's a dad joke and probably pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you explain it, it's funny. But. <laughs> All right. Here's another one that takes a little thought. Whenever I try to eat healthy, a chocolate bar looks at me and snickers. Ah. That, one, that, one's, that one's drum roll worthy for sure. That's a ding. <laughs> Here's one that is very apt to uh, life as we know it as we speak. What kind of tea is the hardest? Reality. Ah! <laughs> that's just cheese <laughs> here's one that uh, actually comes from one of our uh, listeners what do you call a bear with no teeth and now melissa has to respond so that way we know the answer yes we'll see she got a shout out yep we'll come back to that we'll one see. all right yes. here's one my daughter said what rhymes with orange i said no it doesn't oh I like it. <laughs> oh, and here's the answer to Melissa's. What do you call a bear with no teeth? A gummy bear. I think that deserves a ding. That deserves a ding. Good job. That one's good. I like that. <laughs> that would be like, I know she's not a mom, but that could be like a mom joke. 
Here's that one. one's actually good. I like that one. I like that. Here's one that's uh, more of a riddle than a joke. What dog can jump higher than a building? The answer, any dog. Buildings can't jump. Hey, I like that we're getting more dings than buzzers. Yes. So Here, far, so good, man. Here's one Jesse will enjoy, given our uh, newest uh, animals in the menagerie. What do you call a group of rabbits that are walking away? The answer, a receding hairline. <laughs> For a dad joke, that one's good. <laughs> I don't know if the kid will get it so much. They'll be like, what? You know. Yeah. But. Here's one that I wish we had Ryan on the show for and his Sylvester Stallone impression. I have a great joke about cliffhangers. What's your joke about uh, cliffhangers? (laughs) There's no answer to it because it's a cliffhanger. I was really bad like my Sylvester Stallone impersonation. (laughs) Is that supposed to be your Sylvester Stallone? There's Frank Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> Sylvester's out of the office today. Rocky. I don't know. I have to watch it to get into it. I can't get his voice down. Oh, I'm so glad you don't do that one. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't do that. That's a bad one. All right, here's another one. Uh, double negatives are a no-no in English. Get it? A no-no. <laughs> Went over Tony's head. Here's one. (laughs) Is that Babu? That is Babu, yeah. That's hilarious. (laughs) All right. Here's another bad dad joke for the age of Zoom. Why did King Arthur sign up for so many Zoom meetings? The answer, because he likes to be on Camelot. Okay. Give it to you. Cam. A lot. Camera. (laughs) Got you. I'm with you. All right. Uh, Here's one. If your house is cold, go stand in a corner. It's 90 degrees in there. A little math joke for you. I don't like math. How about new? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, actually, this one is pretty brilliant. I ordered a chicken and an egg from Amazon. I'll let you know. What came first? <laughs> That's a good one. All right. What goes ha, 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 thump? The answer, a man laughing his head off. Oh, okay. That can get a... <laughs> was that Joker? Who was that? That was Joker, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't like... Jared Leto Joker, but it was Joker. Ooh, thank God it wasn't Jared Loder, Leto Joker. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. That one's for you, Lazy. <laughs> All right, uh, continuing on with the bad dad jokes, see if they hold up. Have you ever tried to eat a clock? It's really time-consuming. That one was pretty good. That was cheese ball <laughs> uh, I wonder if my kids are out there just rolling their eyes right now. They're like, just stop, Dad and Uncle Tone. Jeez. <laughs> what does the letter A and a flower have in common? They both have bees coming after them. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> uh, here's one. The whiteboard is the most remarkable invention of the last 100 years. 
That one's a little bit of a thinker. Remarkable. You can erase it, remark on it. I'm picturing your kids looking at you right now. If it requires explanation, it's probably not that good. No, no. <laughs> no, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, it ain't that funny. <laughs> like, it's funny in post, like, when you can think about it, you're like, oh, you know, but, you know. But not so much. Yes. All right. Not so much, yeah. M moving on, what do you call a fly with no wings? A walk. Oh, because he's not flying, he's walking? Yeah. <laughs> that was a bad dad joke, dude. <laughs> I know you didn't write these, so I know you're not taking them personal. I, hey, I'm not taking the blame for these. I'm just reporting them. Here's a one that's a little bit of a thinker. What do you call a factory that makes okay products? The answer, a satisfactory. <laughs> uh, if it gets Tony chuckling, you know it's good. Oh, the factory. Uh, here's another one. Why don't you see elephants hiding in trees? Because they're so good at it. <laughs> I just kind of buzz that. Like, what, are they so good because they can't hide? Is that the irony of it? Like, or so big? that you never see them in trees because they're that good at hiding. I don't know. Ooh. I'll get they're my like seven-year-old to explain it to us. Okay. Um, this one I don't know if I get. Maybe you'll get. A rabbit, a priest, and a minister walk into a bar. The bartender looks at them and says, is this a typo? I was never really big on those bartender jokes. I always thought they were kind of stupid. Oh, you know what? I got it. Instead of a rabbi, a priest, and a minister, it's a rabbit. Typo. Oh. Yeah, still pretty bad. Gotcha, yeah. <laughs> no, I was never a big fan of those jokes anyways. Here's a color joke for you. My least favorite color is purple. I hate it more than red and blue combined. I'll give it to you. Yeah. Red and blue is purple. Yep. And I'm wearing purple, so it fits. Are you? Yeah, Colorado Rockies colors. Yeah, yeah, I got the purple on today. It's funny. I'm scrolling through. Guess what? They had Melissa's joke on here. Oh, did they? Yep. Well, Melissa, you get the credit for it, so... Beat him. <laughs> All right. And as we head into the break towards the final segment, did you hear about the restaurant on the moon? Great food, no atmosphere. That gets a ding. That does get a ding. All right. And folks, if you've got great dad jokes, feel free to chime in or call in to the Phoenix line. When we come back, we head into the final segment of the show. It is this day in history, not with Ryan Wink, with yours truly, but we'll still make it fun and we'll make it educational. We'll be back in a few. Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775-827-8900, extension 2. Now, back to the show. And welcome back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is a Monday, June 29th. Now, if you missed a portion of the show, want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, 
Just head over to americamatters.us, click on the shows and podcast link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix radio show. You can get video there, you can get audio there, or head over to wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Deezer, Doozer, Dozer, Gozer, you name it, we are there. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you've always got the latest episode. Leave a review. That way we know how we're doing. And tell your friends, because Tony, as always... Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Well, we've made it to the last segment of the show, and it's always the saddest segment because we're, you know, we we have so much fun. But we like to drop a little knowledge on you while we try to make you laugh at the same time. Normally it's Ryan, but today it's yours truly. We have this day in history. Reversing the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head. It's this day in history with your correspondent on the beat, Ryan Wink. All right, first up is a name that comes up often, at least in the last couple of weeks here on the uh, This Day in History, uh, but for a different reason. In this day in 1613, Shakespeare's Globe Theatre in London, England, burns down during a performance of Henry VIII. Oh, the turkey legs. Let's burn it down, pish posh. I'm surprised heads weren't rolling. Off with our heads, yes. Ooh, <laughs> I, I need to add the drum roll to mine just... To- when you're doing that, you get a ding, sir. <laughs> this day in 1863, George Armstrong Custer, age 23, was appointed Union Brigadier General. And we all know how his career ended and his life at the same time. But there's a picture of him in here. He did not look good for 23. Ooh, I wish you could show it like on the screen because I'm just picturing like a young 23-year-old that uh, experimented with meth. <laughs> it's not so much that great. it's just you know he already had the severely receding headline had the uh, overgrown uh, uh handlebar mustache just not a good look at 23 hey ladies swipe right you want a good night <laughs> with, with me to die with general custer general custer gonna take you out on a wonderful date <laughs> bazinga you gave yourself a bazinga. <laughs> I did, just to do it. It was really warranted this. Yeah. That, that's really what it warranted on that joke. <laughs> this day in 1914, Gina Guseva attempts to ass- assassinate mystic Grigory Rasputin at his home in Siberia. Now, if uh, the name Rasputin doesn't ring any bells, apparently, in order to kill him, he was... What was it? Poisoned, shot, stabbed, and beheaded before he actually died. Yes, he was Freddy Krueger and Jason and Jigsaw before they were ever a thing. Yeah, yeah, he was the original slasher flick uh, monster. You can't kill me, I'm Rasputin. Bring it! (laughs) All right, I had to skip over a bunch of World War II depressing Nazi news to get to 1952. This day, U.S. Open Women's Golf Bala GC, don't know what that means, 1949 champion Louise Suggs wins seven strokes ahead of runners-up Marlene Bauer and Betty Jameson. So all of those, uh, I guess this was the precursor to LPGA, but uh, yeah, Louise Suggs is the champion in that case. Good job, Louise Suggs. I wish I was better at puns, but I have nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's where we can always count on Ryan. Oh, he's so quick with them, man. It's just, you give him anything. Just pulls and just, him out. Yeah. 
is good. This day in 1954, one of the fathers of the atomic bomb, Robert Oppenheimer, U.S. Atomic Energy Commission voted against reinstating Dr. Robert Oppenheimer. My guess is that they had enough of uh, nuclear explosions by that point in 1954. Yeah, that was an explosive story. It was. It was, it was. I'm going to give that to you. I'll give that to you. Uh, it was not good. It was not the best. <laughs> this day in 1961, San Francisco outfielder Willie Mays becomes the fourth player in MLB history with three or more home runs twice in one season with a 10th inning blast in Giants 8-7 win over the Phillies in Philadelphia. That's one of those obscure statistics that... Uh, you know, you got to dive a little bit deeper in to figure out what it actually means. Yeah, Willie Mays, fantastic ball player, um, one of the legendary San Francisco Giants, and uh, not wearing Giants gear today, but uh, that's my other team. I got no puns for you, but what a cool, what a cool stat to make this day in history. Yeah. Speaking of this day in history, 1963, everybody knows I'm a big Beatles fan. The Beatles' first song, From Me to You, hits the UK charts, and obviously catapulting them into you know the stratosphere of uh, one of the biggest bands of all time. Yeah. They have, you know, what's crazy is their songs, uh, you, you know, like I'm not a big Beatles fan, but I feel like, every day on this day in history, there is like a legendary song that came out this day that helped them launch in some other way or crazy Yoko. Ono, <laughs> your favorite, your favorite <sighs> villain of the show. Yoko. Ono. Yeah. Um, it's, you always learn something new. So it is educational. It is. Especially. Yeah. But good shout out to, to your Beatles there. It's your Beatles. That's right. Hey, that was a pretty good impression. Here's for the geeky, nerdy guys, just like me and Tone. This day in 1964, the first draft of Star Trek's pilot episode, Cage, was released. And oh, with- I wonder uh, who they were going to have starring it back in the 60s. Spock? Well, that's when the original one came out, right? 60, I think 65. It only ran for a couple seasons, 65 through 67 or 68, when you had William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy and... Was that in the 60s? I believe it was. Wow. Yeah. I guess like the new generation was out in the 80s and the 90s. I I don't know. Trekkies, you can chime in on the Phoenix line. This is where you can tell us we're wrong and say, (laughs) you guys aren't real nerds. You don't know. Please do. Tell us. Yeah, tell us. We don't know. We're Star Wars guys. Exactly. Yeah. The more more exciting of the space ones. There's, There's no Star Trek pop. Funko pops up on these shelves. No, there's Star Wars down below. There's no Star Trek. I just know that's the Vulcan. And my mom used to threaten me with a Vulcan death grip when I was a kid. I didn't know what the hell that was. Other than she called it a Spock and she would pinch (laughs) your muscle here and it hurt like a son of a bitch. Okay. Like it hurt bad. Yeah. So you want to put someone down? Give them the, give them the Spock right here. (laughs) All right, this day in 1967, one of the eternal rockers who will outlive us all, Keith Richards is sentenced to one year in jail on drug charges. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, um, I guarantee you he did not do the time. He probably did like five days and went to rehab. Yep. Here's something funny. Four years later to the day, Rolling Stone's Mick Jagger and Keith Richards sentenced on a drug offense. (laughs) Wow. 
He didn't learn, you know. Let's say history uh, repeats itself there, right? June 29th was not a good day for Keith Richards. No, no. And fast forward to this day today, Keith Richards will get popped doing some type of drug today. Yeah. It's just just a guess. (laughs) I mean, it seems to be Keith Richards' day. It is. It is. Let's see. Uh, we got three minutes left, so let's keep moving on. This day in 1986, Sir Richard Branson aboard Virgin Atlantic Challenger 2 reaches Bishop Rock, Isle of Sicily, or Skilly, fastest crossing of Atlantic. Uh, so my guess is that that was his sailboat, his skiff. Um, that guy is about as crazy as it gets, but also put out one of the best airlines there is to fly. Yeah, absolutely. You got to give that guy credit. He's an innovator. Um, you know, I he's not out. He's not as far out there as like Elon Musk, the birthday boy from yesterday. Uh, but he's very innovative in trying these these things. Like he does them. Like I think he wanted to try to put a rocket in space at one time too, didn't he? I believe he did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, he does have the fun airlines. I don't know. I've never flown Virgin Airlines, but. Uh, you know, the guy is, he's an innovator and you got to appreciate, you get, the world needs innovators. So, well, it helps when you have a lot of money to spend too. So, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. if you got nothing else, you know, be innovative and uh, create fun things. Yep. All right. Here goes to one of the biggest losers of all time, but not in the way that you think. 1988, this day, the Emmy's 15th daytime award presentation. Susan Lucci loses for a ninth time. And then the following year, 1989, she loses for a tenth time on the same day. Jeez. That was, she played Erica Kane in All My Children, my mom's favorite soap opera as a kid. I had to watch many episodes of All My Children back then. And Susan Lucci, I don't know if she's still on the show. I think she finally won and they made a big deal about it. Like she did eventually win. But yeah, let's just say her record was not good. She no. was like she was like the uh the Raiders <laughs> of soap opera, you know? You just yep. you always you know, sometimes you're in the hunt, you think you're gonna win, but you always find a way to lose. Yep. Moving on, this day in 1995, culinary entrepreneur George Foreman loses the IBF boxing title for refusing to refight Axel Schultz. So, of course, he went on to make a whole lot more money with his uh, grill. Yeah, which actually, you know, the grill was actually pitched to Hulk Hogan first, and Hulk Hogan thought it was a dumb idea. He turned it down, and what do you know, brother? It ended up being his uh, expensive mistake. Makes sense. And folks, as we head into the end, uh, we've got a couple holidays. Today is National Waffle Iron Day. That makes sense. And something I didn't realize, please take my children to work day, which I have done fittingly today. Well, folks, yeah, look, I brought I brought my kids too. Look at them; <laughs> they're, they're they're adorable. That does it for another show. Tune in tomorrow from eight to ten a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We'll be back with another Christian Phoenix Radio Show. Until then, have a great day. 